Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Podcast. Hello and welcome back, you guys. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And it came to pass that we are recording on this lovely day for you. <laughs> it is true. We are. Um, sorry for my background noise. As usual, windows are open and kids are in my courtyard. So if you guys hear it, sorry, but I don't have any other option. It's too hot. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, <laughs> they're so loud. Sorry, you guys. It's all day long, too. It's just like, oh, I just need you to be quiet. The joy anyway. of children. <laughs> oh, God. Um, do we have any special announcements? Yes, we have a new patron. New patron, Amanda. Hello. Oh, hello, Amanda. Yeah, thanks for being here. We're so excited. Um, yeah, and thanks to... As usual, all of our patrons and to all of you listening, we say it every episode, but just start with a big thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think if you guys are tired of it, sorry, but we're not ever going to change. I I love our structure. I love the fact that we say thanks because you guys make this podcast, you know, like without the support. I just realized that it's kind of like a Mormon prayer, like... You say thanks for things first before you get into the actual topic of what you want of your prayer. <laughs> like, oh my God, dear so Heavenly true. Father, thank you for this and this and this. Thank you for this and this and this. But could I have this? <laughs> dear Heavenly listeners, we are so grateful for all the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. We're so oh. grateful for our time we have to meet together and for your infinite amount of love and support. Did that sound like a prayer? I felt that like actually a sounded prayer. very much like a prayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just needed oh. to use the pronouns like thine and thou. Thine and bestow, you know, <laughs> all this old language oh man but yeah point being thank you guys we are very appreciative of your support whether it's on patreon or on social media or just sorry guys I'm a burping machine tonight I just ate supper really fast and Greg made yummy curry so I can't help it I'm just like burping the whole episode so and there's a kid hitting something in the background I'm so sorry you guys Pointing, we love you. Hey. That was the point. We love you. Um, do you have any announcements? I don't have an announcement, but I do want to tell a little story that just, I feel like it's something that needs to be highlighted because it was just a horrible experience I had last week and it made me reach my boiling point and where I was just so pissed off with how behind the times like, just let me just tell you the story. Okay? okay. Okay. I don't even think I told you this, Katie. I can't really remember. I was in such shock when it all happened that I don't remember who I told and who I didn't tell. So maybe this is a surprise to you. So last Friday, I went to the doctor. Um, and for those of you, well, I haven't really said this openly, but I have a, an autoimmune disease. And so I went to a specialist to get like more test done and like figure things out because I haven't had like an official diagnosis in Germany. It's a very long story. I'm not going to get into that. The point being, I found a new rheumatologist um, in Berlin who I wanted to try out and everyone has said he was great and blah, blah, blah. So I go and the very first thing, so he calls me in. He's like, hey, Frau Little, come back. So I go back and then he looks me up and down and he says, well, that's funny that your last name is Little and you're obviously far from it. (gasps) Yeah. What? And I was just like, what? Oh. I was already feeling nervous because there's a stigma. Oh, like, it just drives me crazy that if you are overweight, it equals unhealthy. If you are slim and fit, then you are automatically healthy and I already get so anxious when I go into doctor's appointments because from a very young age, I was always told like, you know, from like 12 when I wasn't overweight, but because like 
you know, I had certain people telling the doctor to tell me certain things. So they'd be like, oh, you need to go on a diet. You're overweight. So like, I always have this fear associated with doctors because I've been told that my entire life. And so when you go in for a real problem, it's just like, I already feel anxious and like, okay, they're just going to dismiss me and say the fact that I'm, I'm fat. And that's the reason why I have complications in this health problem. Oh my God. So Uh I was like, so anxious even before going in and then for him to say that as the very first thing that came out of his mouth when I sat down so then that set the tone for the rest of the meeting where I was just like so anxious and my heart was going crazy like so fast and there was a a guy another guy in there who I assume is a student because he's like taking notes and stuff like that so there's two men in there and he's just the doctor is asking me all these questions and he's very rude and abrupt and like making all these faces when I would say I experienced certain symptoms like hmm hmm and then so I'm going to fast forward this is the part where I think I was the most humiliated in my entire life where he's like hey get undressed I'm gonna like check out your body as how he said in like a weird German English way but he's trying to say like to look because I understand lupus uh, like autoimmune diseases and like lupus in particular you have like skin rashes or skin Sometimes you do get marks on your body. And so I was mm-hmm. like, hey, maybe he's looking at that. So he's like, you can keep your bra and underwear on, but like everything else you need to take off. So I'm standing in my bra and underwear in front of this doctor who's a guy and this other guy who's a student. And doctor is just making these obvious like faces of disgust as he's looking at my body like, ugh, ugh, okay. Hmm. Oh my God. And I was like, I'm about to just burst into tears and I just want to cover myself up, but I can't and I don't know what to do. And then he makes this comment where he's like, hmm, do you do sports? And I was, and before I could even say yes, he was like, well, obviously you don't. <gasps> Oh, my God. Yeah, and I was like, actually, I do when it's not really hot weather. And then I started, like, justifying it, and I cut myself off, and I was like, you know what? I don't need to fucking explain or justify myself to this man who clearly just likes to make women feel like shit. And, you know, think about it. If that would have been a woman doctor, none of that would have happened. No, you know, so... Okay, I'm over here, like, absolutely furious, and if I lived in Germany, I would want to go kick this doctor right (laughs) in the neck. Um, I'm sorry that happened, but holy shit, like, did you, like, tell me, like, you're not going back to this doctor, right? No, and that's the thing, is that, like, after all of that, like, I was shaking in my heart, but I was like, I refuse to let this guy get to me I refuse to cry because I'm just so fucking sick of crying over shit like this so I was like I'm so sick of it I'm so sick of people and especially men having this like a power over me and to say shit about my body like and as a doctor like so anyway so yeah but the thing that's frustrating is that like he's the only doctor I've had in Berlin that's validated that I do have the symptoms and that he does think I should like see him and like you know, have these checkups. So it's frustrating because on the one hand, it's like I'm struggling with this autoimmune disease that no one can figure out and I'm constantly trying to like sort it. But then I have this anxiety because doctors who don't understand it just assume that you're making shit up in your head and that you don't really have these problems. So when I finally find one who does validate that and say that like, yeah, actually you do have the symptoms, you, you know, could you do have this uh, autoimmune disease, but then he's just a horrible person. So it's like, I, I'm this catch 22 where I don't really know what to do. I mean, I do because I'm like, I can't go back to that guy no matter if he's the best one in Berlin and he's the only one who will ever validate it. I just can't because that no. was so traumatizing. And That's like, so absolutely unacceptable on every level. Like, I am so, like, upset for you right now. Like, Uh, And I'm feeling very protective of you and very mad. And I'm really sorry that happened. But, like, that's so just unprofessional and unacceptable. And also just know that you're not disgusting at all. Like, I don't know what this doctor's problem is. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, you're not, as a doctor, like, that's not even, he's not even supposed to comment on anything that, that, that's how someone looks. You know what I mean? Like, and like you said, there is such a, stigma about like weight 
correlating somehow with health. And everyone who's like scientifically credible knows that that's not true. Like, you know, know, there can be so many ranges of health and so many ranges of body sizes for all different varying reasons. And you cannot tell just by looking at someone. So exactly. exactly. Uh, it gross. was just bullshit. Like I obviously like came home and like, you know, I have a great partner who was like very supportive and we like talked it out and you know I also met a friend after and was like you know what usually I would starve myself for a few days but I'm not that girl anymore and I've moved past that so I'm gonna go get fucking pizza and ice cream today like that's what I'm (laughs) gonna do and I'm not gonna cry about it you know but I I felt like it was really important that I, I wanted to share this story on our podcast on our platform because I guarantee so many people who are listening to this episode are going to have stories that relate and it's so unfortunate and it's just horrible and I think the more we talk about it and address it the less quote-unquote normal it is like I think this is just you know people just say oh that's just how it is and you know toughen up like it's fine that that's just what you need to do or you know if you talk about it one time then people are kind of just like well you've already talked about it once can't you just let it go and it's like, actually, no, that shit is, nope. <laughs> it affects you. And it's yeah. not something you can just quickly talk about at once and you move on. So basically for listeners, if you've ever gone through something similar to this, or just, it may not have been a doctor, but just anything related to someone commenting on your body and making you feel bad about it, share your stories, reach out. I'm happy to connect about this and just know you are loved and that the people who are telling you those things do not add value to your life and cannot comment on your body. So that's so beautifully said. And also (laughs) if someone's saying that to you, honestly, like it's their insecurity coming through, they're projecting how insecure they feel or whatever kind of yucky ideas they have in their head. (laughs) They're like projecting it onto other people because they aren't happy with themselves and they have these old fashioned ideas like yeah and it's just it's terrible and it should stop but yeah like Sarah said just no you have this place to vent to us and to tell us the stories because it should be talked about and they people should be called out for that stuff because that's terrible exactly exactly I'm just figuring out next steps on how to report him Um, yeah so I'm like researching to see but obviously it's all in German so it's a bit trickier but um yeah, I think uh, now more than ever, this is just something that I'm, I can't brush off anymore. I can't just say, oh, it's fine. Like, it's just got to stop, you know, because the more I think about it and, you know, when we're talking about our episode last week, the choice of having kids or not having kids, that's your option. But if I do want to bring a kid into this world, I don't want them to have to go through that shit. Like, I don't want them to have the same, you know, experiences that unfortunately so many of us have gone through so yeah anyways that's it let's jump into our topic because you guys it's such an exciting fun one this week and Katie of course did so much research and I watched a documentary four years ago winning (laughs) oh my god okay well first of all I tried to do a bunch of research but this topic is vast like this topic is probably the most like rabbit holy of all the topics we've ever covered so I, I feel like this could be a whole entire separate like podcast in and of itself so it's just gonna scratch the surface today mm. but um, so excited. we're talking about Scientology and the I guess similarities or differences or whatever between Mormonism and Scientology crazy stuff (laughs) it's so (laughs) crazy yeah um Um, I do just want to say sorry one one thing in particular I think it's funny that the first time I ever heard about Scientology was when I was living in Berlin and I watched that documentary going clear uh uh-huh and I was very devout I was a devout Mormon at that time and I remember watching it being like God, they're so crazy. How can you believe in that stuff? Like, man, this is blowing my mind. And then, you know, you leave Mormonism and you're like, 
oh, they're very similar. And, like, that's probably what everyone else is thinking about us. Like, especially in that that. same way. Yeah, like, when you leave Mormonism, you look back on it like, oh, oh, that (laughs) was so crazy. That's, like, what I've always thought Scientology was. But now I realize Mormonism is, like, just as crazy. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, goodness. Okay, sorry. Continue. Scientology, besides being batshit insane, as we've said, it's a set of religious beliefs created by science fiction writer L. Ron Hubbard. (laughs) So, like, I guess just if people don't know what Scientology is, but probably most people do. But, like, just that sentence in and of itself, it was created by a science fiction writer, like, just gives me the giggles. Like, how can you take it seriously? (laughs) It's mind-boggling. Like, again, I know people are going to be like, yeah, but you believe in religion where a 14-year-old boy wrote a Book of Mormon from (laughs) plates that he found hidden and, like, you know. It was, like, a different um, time setting of science fiction, right? Yeah, exactly. Joseph Smith wrote science fiction and tried to play it off as ancient, and L. Ron Hubbard wrote it as, like, future yeah it's it's always an interesting thing and maybe you'll get into this and explain it but how like I know Scientology is considered religion and it was just for tax reasons they wouldn't get taxed but like do I'm I'm probably jumping the gun a lot you can tell me you'll get into this later but like do members of the Scientologist or Scientology religion I don't really know how to do the noun um, do they consider themselves like would they say I'm a devout member and I'm religious? Like, is the word religion and being religious associated with Scientology members? Yeah, I think like for most of them, from what I could gather, is that they do refer to it as like their church because it does have like religious status in in some countries, like, um, you know, for tax exempt purposes, like you said, mm-hmm. um, and because I'll kind of get into it, but the, like, I guess the theology of it or like the, the idea in it has a lot to do with like spirits kind of things. Uh, right. So yeah. it, it's kind of like a spiritual, I guess, progression and awakening or workshop or whatever the heck you would call it. So yeah, it's like, they don't believe in like something that they would call God, I don't think necessarily, but they believe in spirits and spirit, but they don't call them that. So yeah, I think most of them claim that it's their like religion and they're religious, but not in the same way that like a devout Christian would. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yep. Makes sense. Okay. So, um, L. Ron Hubbard wrote a book that he called, he initially called it a self-help book. Um, that explored the relationship between the body and mind, and he called it Dianetics. He wrote that in 1950, Um, and it was pretty popular. It was like a self-help book, whatever, like, you know, self-therapy and stuff, and it was pretty popular, and so he expanded upon the success of Dianetics by kind of recharacterizing it as a religion and calling it the Church of Scientology, and By doing that, like you said, he got like tax exempt status and was able to implement all these things that was able to give the church lots of money that we'll kind of get into. But it was pretty quick, just like that. He like wrote a book and then was like, this is a religion and people signed up. (laughs) I don't know why we didn't do that. I feel like I need to write a book and then create a religion. Would you you guys sign up for it? Come on. Come on. Sign up. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) okay hold on okay there we go um okay so here we go this is kind of what they believe so scientologists believe that people are actually immortal alien beings called thetans i'm pretty sure that's how you say it oh right who have forgotten their true nature and they're trapped on earth in a human body so they believe that each thetan which is kind of similar to, I would say, something like a spirit or a soul, but it's like an alien being or whatever, that each Thetan has lived numerous past lives, both on Earth and on other planets, for like trillions of years. Um, And 
I guess each time you come back, you're in like like a different thing. I don't really get it, but whatever. It's all fake, but it doesn't matter. Um, Scientologists also believe that by undergoing a series of classes, like courses and things called auditing, which we'll also get into, that people can like elevate themselves and free themselves of their like past trauma even from trillions of years ago and like bring up all the bad stuff they've ever done or that's ever been done by that thetan that's currently inside you and reach what they call clear or whatever and you rid yourself of the bad human emotions essentially basically it's like synonymous for in christianity a demon like getting rid of your demons. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. You know, I hadn't really thought about that, but that's true. Yeah, like yeah. getting rid of demons. But yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, um it just says here that the classes are structured to help people like relive traumatic events with the goal of freeing themselves from those burdens. And so every time you go in for like this auditing session, um it, you have to pay for it too, which we can also get into, but you like pay for this session, this auditor like asks you all these questions and they last a couple of hours and they're like, they're like $800 an hour. What? Yeah. It's so crazy. But essentially like this auditor is trying to get you to like say something that you've done either in this life or in past lives that is somehow like negative or holding you back or whatever. And, like, the whole premise of it is, is once you let go of that, you'll become better. But it's also that anything bad that has happened to you is actually your fault because of something you've done or that you've done in a past life. So, like, anytime someone does something bad to you, it's actually your fault is a recurring thing I found in researching this. Wow. So, like, anything you – so you're basically, like – I mean, that's another – type of Christianity belief of like predestination right so like anything you do is just either you're already you're born either to be good or bad so there's not much you have control over and it sounds like that too like yeah you might be able to talk about it through these auditing but like you are just going to keep doing it because you are bad (laughs) you are (laughs) But also, isn't it because, too, that, like, they say that's the reason, but really it's because they want to keep files on you for, like, blackmail? Yes. Yeah. So, like, everything that you say in any of these sessions is, like, recorded. And so if you want to leave Scientology, they have all this dirt on you. Like, anything that you've ever done, ever, they have on you and, like, can threaten to release. So a lot of people just stay because they're scared. Oh my God, um, think about how boring, like, Mormon confessions would be if that was the case. <laughs> I mean, so, I don't know. Some of them might get a little juicy, depending. I mean, <laughs> yeah, some of them could be really juicy. But for the most part, I imagine, like, a high percentage would be like, I need to come to my bishop because I drank two Coca-Colas today and a Mountain Dew. <laughs> I, had <laughs> I had coffee-flavored ice cream. Yeah, I had coffee-flavored ice cream. And I let my boyfriend dock me. So. Oh, God, gross. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, okay, I'm continuing. So, um, oh, God. So this is so weird. This is like some of the weird stuff that, that you teach. They learn later on. So the Church of Scientology, like, teaches at the high, high levels of their, like, ladder or whatever. It's kind of like the hierarchy of Mormonism, like, starting from the bottom and then the pinnacle is like going to the temple and getting your endowment. This would be like at that level for Scientology. You're finally taught um, that mystical, um, let's see. Oh, so you learn these mystical teachings that you couldn't have learned earlier because you like weren't prepared, which sounded so similar to the temple to me. Oh, like God, these so secret things. So yeah, um, in Scientology, they're yeah they're kept secret till you reach this high level, which you've paid like mil like close to like a million of dollars like in oh. some cases yeah like crazy amounts of money to get this high, but um 
yeah, the, they're called the OT levels, like operating thetan. And <laughs> <laughs> it the teachings include accounts of various cosmic catastrophes that befell the thetans. And it's described, these early events are described collectively as a space opera. I'm not making what? that up. I'm not, yeah, the space opera. Um, and you learn how in these levels, you learn how to reverse the effects of past life trauma patterns that supposedly extended millions of years into the past. And among these advanced teaching is the story of Xenu, who is the tyrant ruler of the galactic confederacy. Um, in this story, 75 million years ago, Xenu brought billions of people to Earth in space, a spacecraft resembling like airplanes and stacked them around volcanoes and detonated bombs in the volcanoes. And then the Thetans clustered together and stuck to the bodies of the living humans. And that's how they got, I guess, inside human bodies. <laughs> This is all coming back to me, and I have this yeah. brilliant image in my head of that South Park episode that, like, at the bottom, they're explaining it, but at the bottom, it's, like, flashing, this is real. This is based off of real facts. Like, nothing has been made up or modified for. Uh, yeah, it's so bizarre. And it's, like, very similar to the story of Mormonism and Joseph Smith and all that weird stuff that he made up of like, it just is kind of giggle inducing. Like what the heck who would believe this? But we did. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. So the church of Scientology is legally recognized as a religion with tax exempt status in eight countries, including the United States, but many other countries, including Canada the UK, France, and Germany mm -hmm. uh, refused to grant Scientology an official religious status, which I think is great. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. So anyway, that's kind of just like the background. There's obviously like lots of other sinister stuff that the church, both of the churches do, but that was just sort of a background of Scientology if people didn't know. But then... Now, for similarities between them, I have just like a little list of things that I could think of off the top of my head up of, of similarities between Scientology and Mormonism. And the first one that popped into my head was that both of the founders were like huge narcissists and just made up shit. Like they were yep. both like science fiction writers, essentially. <laughs> exactly. And I could be totally wrong because like I said, I haven't, I didn't watch the, the documentary. I've watched two and one was recent, but the other one was like years ago. But wasn't he explained to like the, the founder of Scientology, he was described as also trying, not a con man, but like always trying to, um, take shortcuts to make extra money, which is why when his book book wasn't as successful, he thought, oh, I'll turn it into religion because then I can <laughs> yeah. make money from it. Yeah. Which is the same as Joseph Smith, right? Yeah. Yes. They were definitely both criminals. Like I think L. Ron Hubbard even had some like convictions for certain things with fraud. Um I don't know the exact details because I didn't write them down, but yeah, he definitely has a criminal past and so does J Dog, as we know. Well, yeah, like I think um, I keep forgetting his actual name. Ron Hubbard, is that your L. Name? Ron Hubbard, yeah. L. Ron <laughs> Hubbard. Um, yeah, he had like the FBI after him because of the, the tax situation with the religion. And like he went missing for like how many days? They just had him on oh, a boat yeah. because of that organization that also was Scientology, the the Sea World. The uh, sea not Yes, you're. <laughs> <Sea> world. <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys. Yeah, so like he had is... problems there as well. Like, I mean, I know that the FBI was like on the hunt for him because of tax audits or something like that. 
yeah, and the, they, like, messed with the IRS and stuff, too. There was a bunch of shit. But, you guys, oh. the Sea Org is crazy. Like, that is one that was, like, a rabbit hole of a rabbit hole of a rabbit hole that I can't really explain too much here. But, basically, the Sea Org is, like, the Church of Scientology's, like, it's... I don't even know, know really how to describe it, but the m- members will go in there and, like, volunteer their time and they wear these weird uniforms that look like Navy uniforms and they do all of the administrative work for the church. Like basically everything that would ever need to be done for the church is done by these members of the Sea Org and they work like 60 to 80 hours a week, sometimes really hard labor. And they only get paid like $50 a week and they live communally like they, if they have children, the children like are separated from them and they have this other separate area for the children, kind of like commune. And then the children are used for child labor. It's nuts, but it reminds it is nuts. Me. And, and the contract they sign says that they <gasps> sign it for life for a billion years. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Like if they use and they go and they like give this to teenagers, like, Oh, you'll, you'll sign this, that you'll serve the church for a billion years. It's, crazy and it reminded me of missionary work in the Mormon church like how missionaries like give up their life and they wear a uniform and they do stuff for the church for free but I mean at least theirs is only two years like the Sea Org you could be in there your whole life if you don't get out it's yeah and that's the um and there's a lot of like known reports of people who have left and they talk about the violence that yeah. and the abuse that's in the Sea Org. Like the other documentary that I watched recently, and I think I, I talked to you about that, Katie, is it's a um a guy called Justin, I'll have to no, Louis Louis Thoreau. Uh-huh. And it's called uh, My Scientology Movie. And basically, like, because he doesn't have permission to do a documentary on Scientology because no one will talk he like creates a movie in LA where you know obviously it's like the headquarters and he like talks to a lot of people who are involved in Scientology and one of the main ones is that he was pretty high up in the Sea Org and he talks about how like it's just an abusive violent situation and Yeah. yeah like you are just it, it's your whole life. Like, once you sign up, it's so hard to get out of it. It's so scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, even down to, like, some of the members aren't allowed to walk from place to place. They're forced to run. And, like, oh they're forced to eat certain things. It's just absolutely crazy. Like, it shouldn't oh. be legal. Yeah. So, like, word of wisdom. Yo, yeah. Word of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, So another similarity that I, like, really stood out to me was these, like, auditing sessions versus, in Mormonism, it would be, like, the worthiness interviews. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess in Mormonism, luckily, you don't have to pay for your worthiness interviews, but they were very similar in that, like, they, they force you to feel like you need to confess to things. Also, in the fact that, like, children can be alone with grown adults in a room behind closed doors, which can lead to problems, obviously. So there is that similarity that stuck out to me. Well, I guess though you do, I mean, Mormonism, maybe you don't have an exact number that you pay for audits or worthiness um, interviews, but part of the worthy interview is saying, do you pay your tithing? So in a way you are paying for this interview. Yeah, that's a really, really good, yeah, good observation. Um, I noticed in both of them a strong, like, teaching is that you shouldn't question the leaders or question the church. Like, you shouldn't um, look at things that aren't church approved because they're seen as, like, enemies of the church or you know so in Mormonism it would be like that's Satan trying to deceive you or wicked people and then um in Scientology it's like oh they just the world doesn't know like the world doesn't understand don't look at it and if you do you get punished and you have to pay a fine (laughs) so exactly and it's also both of them are very secretive so secretive like so another like the temple you know how we were talking about 
you learn all these weird things about Mormonism when you get to the temple. And same with Scientology, you learn the weird stuff when you're really high up. But then, like, they also, like you said, they have their cruise ship that once you reach, like, the highest of highest levels, you, like, go on this cruise ship to complete your whatever. I don't even know (laughs) what they call it. But it's, like, so weird because you're, like, sequestered and you're not allowed to, like, tell anyone what happens on this cruise ship. Like, it's so weird and creepy. It's like the temple, but on water. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yep. And then there's also, like, going on with that, like, I, I think it was the the going clear documentary. I remember them saying like the people who made it to that highest level and, you know, they, no one talks about it. It's so secretive, even within the church. Like you don't know what it is until you get there. And then these members of Scientology being like, it was so ridiculous. Like I remember thinking, this is it. Like this (laughs) is what we've been, but because you had invested so much of your life and money into it, you just, you didn't really you didn't have the choice of just saying like, yeah, okay, that's so ridiculous and just bullshit that I'm just going to leave now because, you know, again, you invested so much of your life, which is exactly how you feel when leaving the Mormon church too. Like that was one of my hardest or one of the most deciding factors that was like uh, pulling me to stay in the church was just like, well, I've already invested 28 years of my life into it. Like, Right. I may as well just keep on, like... And, you know, for, like, you know, I guess if you're born into it, too, you don't really question it. But also for, like, converts, it can be appealing. Like, there can be an allure to, like, having that community. And with Scientology, they try to say, like, oh, we'll help you with this self-help stuff. And they start you out with auditing sessions that only cost, like, $35. And they're like, oh, that's not bad. It's kind of like therapy, whatever. And they, like, lure you in sort of like how Mormonism will lure you in by sending you nice missionaries and inviting you to, like, the church activities. And they don't tell you about any of the weird shit until you've committed and then progressed a long ways into it. And then you're like, wait, I can't turn back now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, like, if you're a convert, another element is you you know, like it's a huge change that you're making in your life and with your loved ones. And so I bet it's even more difficult because I'm sure relationships were affected in the process of converting. And then you have to be like, oh, just kidding. Uh, I did all of that for nothing. So it's also a bit like, oh, I feel like I need to stick with this because it was such a ruffle and in my life and with friendships, relationships. So I'm kind of stuck in it. With Scientology, too, like, it's even more, um, in, like, entrenched with that shunning um, culture and doctrine. Like, so if you join Scientology and your family doesn't want to join, you, like, have to stop associating with them. Um, and Or if they, like, question it at all, like, anyone who's questioning Scientology or, like, asking you things about it that aren't like in line with the church you like have to cut off you're called you're labeled a suppressive person and the Scientologist isn't allowed to talk to you anymore which made me it made me like sad but then also made me giggle because I was like so we're the suppressive people of Mormonism but we're labeled apostates or Cora whores remember I mean, insults that we got. Luckily, our families still like talk to us, and I don't think that the shunning is as bad in Mormonism, but it definitely is for some families. Like some families won't talk to you at all if you leave the church. Yeah. Or, and I think I don't know which is worse. I'm not going to comment because I haven't experienced the other. But I think, yeah, it's it's horrendous when families just completely don't, you know, disown you or don't talk to you anymore if you leave a religion or if you um, you decide to take a choice that's true to yourself and, you know, your family doesn't, uh, quote unquote, agree with it. Um, I think that's horrendous. But I also think with Mormonism, maybe, you know, it's not as common for a family to just disown you, but it's I, I find even more frustrating when they don't do that, but then they just constantly try to convert you or bring you back. Oh, like oh, yeah. you can't have a conversation without 
somehow at the end of it, the Mormon religion being brought up or um, dropped in there or, you know, somehow it's like you can't escape a conversation or an interaction with those who are still in the church without having to talk about Mormonism somehow, yeah. you know, and it's just That's like, exhausting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, okay. Another thing I wanted to touch on is that both of the religions are anti LGBTQ. So we all know how bad Mormonism is with that, but, um, Scientology, like publicly, they say that they're neutral in regards to the LGBTQ community, but According to the writings of L. Ron Hubbard, uh, there's a numbered system of a person's morality, and homosexuality is the lowest you can be at level 1.1. Yeah. And once a person, he taught that once a person advances to higher levels of the church, the gayness will disappear. Wow. That's yeah. It's gross, but that's a similarity, I guess, that they teach. Yeah. Um, Another thing that uh, I noticed is that they both, I feel like, well, I I mean, lots of religions can do this, but I feel like they both kind of have a persecution complex. Like, oh, why is everyone out to get us? And it's like, maybe stop hoarding all this money. Exactly. (laughs) And stop. (laughs) <laughs> and stop like being controlling and oh my god yeah yeah it's like they constantly play the victim and whatever it's annoying um and then something I'll just touch on like I don't want to dwell on it but there has been a lot of like sexual abuse and pedophilia that's been covered up by Scientology that has later come out that's been really upsetting really sad if you want to like learn more about that you can watch uh leah remini did you know her series on scientology oh yeah yeah she interviews people that this has happened to and it's pretty hard to watch but it's really eye-opening but anyway so that's a big problem and i do think that the more and more there are more and more people coming forward like Remember the um, Protect LDS Children movement and how many of them had come forward to say that, like, their bishop or their stake president or whatever had also abused them when they were children. So that's sadly another similarity because they're left alone with these people and trusted and it's that these people aren't professionals to deal with children. Yeah, exactly. And it's just this hush hush, like. Yeah, you don't talk about it, and even if you have an issue, it's like you don't bring it up. You right, don't question and you definitely it. don't take it to the authorities. Like even if you do have a problem, you take it to someone else in the church, and then they say they're just going to handle it internally, and then nothing gets done. And exactly, the abuse continues. Um, so let's see. One oh, one other thing. So that I have written down is that Scientology is like super opposed to psychology which is weird like they are so against like mental health professionals because they think that like their auditing is the way to do it um they even go so far as to say that um that profession is a barbaric and corrupt profession um l ron hubbard taught that psychologists were responsible for a great many wrongs in the world saying that It had at various times offered itself as a tool of political suppression and spawned the ideology which filtered Hitler's mania, turned the Nazis into mass murderers, and created the Holocaust. Oh, my God. So, God. Like, they are so against it. And I know that Mormons are not at that level of being against it, but I know that they do. Like, in Mormonism, you're taught if you have a problem to, like, counsel with your bishop first they don't really ever teach like seek mental help um no seek a professional outside of the church like it's kind of frowned upon it's not like it's evil for you to do but it's like oh why can't you just take care of this with your bishop you know yeah exactly and and for those again who maybe are just now joining in and didn't grow up mormon bishops are not professionals so no. They no. are not trained and 
you know, therapy and psychiatry, psychology and social work, none of that marriage counseling. They're not trained as professionals or experts, yet Mormons are taught that, like like Katie was saying, that you should go first to your bishop and try to work it out with him. And if, like, you're having problems in your marriage, you also go to, like, marriage counseling with the bishop, which, again, they're not qualified for this. Mm-hmm. It's awful. It is. Um, let's see. Another thing that's pretty obvious, but I noticed, is that the information about the church, like the the sacred, I'm doing air quotes, information, it's all been made by, like, known to the public by ex-members. So if, and especially, like, with the internet, now people know what actually happens in temples and what happens in Scientology, but without that, we probably wouldn't really have much of an idea about the inner workings of Scientology, and same with Mormonism. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, um, more. <laughs> what? More on your list. I have another comparison. No, do it. Because, yeah, I'm like, I I think I touched on everything I wanted to touch on while we had time. (laughs) Well, this is just one that I remember thinking as a Mormon and watching this documentary, like it was the first kind of like, hmm, that's a similarity. But I blocked it out immediately (laughs) is that in in the Going Clear documentary, they talk about how they invest in churches all around the world and it's because of two reasons one to say that they're international they're a global religion and that it's for everyone which is like mormonism right like they're (laughs) a global religion so they present that as a reason but the underlying reason is that because of tax issues as in they aren't taxed for the money that they have but in order to make more profit they invest in property because that's a smart decision to make and again you can invest in a property as a oh I'm building a church there so you have more I guess that maybe I'm getting this confused but like tax breaks and stuff like that yeah and you make yeah. more money that way investing in the property which oh, again that's Mormonism huge. that's what they do with temples totally oh yeah. my god yeah they, and they have, like, the elaborate buildings and then, yeah, like, the investments, all that yep. stuff. It's That's just an so investment true. play. It's all about money. It's um, all about money for both. All about money. Yeah. Um, which one do you think is, like, more dangerous? Oof. I think it's tricky because I feel like Scientology, it's more it's blatant and it's more direct in terms of like there are clear cases of physical and sexual abuse and like mental abuse and like it's seen as the corrupt religion that everyone can say like yeah it's pretty fucked like it's really it's really messed up like what they did and what they continue to do but then mormonism i say is equally as bad because maybe it's not as out front but it's more fake i feel like it's disingenuous because they present the Mormon church is like this, oh, they're such good people. They're always smiling and happy and helpful and they'll do anything for you, which to be fair, quite a bit are like that and are genuinely good people. But the root and core of the Mormon Mm -hmm. church and doctrine and the people who are running it are just corrupt. Yes. So I feel like it's just, it's, it's fake and it's more harmful because it's disguised as this like really innocent great sweet religion yeah just as evil at the core as Scientology you know I agree with you I was thinking about this earlier and I was like you know Scientology totally comes off as more obviously violent and hostile and corrupt in that they like steal people's money outright but they're also younger than Mormonism, and maybe they just haven't figured out how to do it more suavely yet, <laughs> which yeah. the Mormon Church has done. And also, I think that the Mormon Church is more harmful in that it has more members and it has a fuck ton more money. So it's more scary to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree. But they're both really crazy and messed up, and I feel bad for people who are stuck and you know, potentially wanting to get out, especially in things like the Sea Org or whatever, or 
people who are serving missions and don't want to. And it, yeah, it just feels like they're both so controlling and power hungry. And I hate it. I hate it. I mean, it's all about money at the end of the day. Both of the founders of these two religions were just interested in finding a way to con people into getting them money and making them rich. Yep. And both were successful and still are today. And I think that's the issue. It's like, you know, Katie, you and I, we have this this podcast and we're like a hoping to expose the truth and, you know, create this community of a safe place for those who have also experienced the same thing, maybe not only in Mormonism, but other types of religion. But it's also a bit of a terrifying thought that like, we're just two people going against these huge, like, for example, Mormonism, like this huge organization that's like, it's some shady shit that happens in there and like some corrupt, powerful people that, you know, at the end of the day, if we were making a even a little tiny splash in their pool or like a wave in their pool, like we'd get some heat, you know? For so sure. It's a scary thought when you think about how powerful and because of all the money that they have, but also how corrupt and just, yeah, it's a rotten core and it's, uh, it's a bit scary. Everyone, um, pray to Celestial Jesus for us, or you can pray to Xenu if you want. I don't really care, but... <laughs> Either one, they're the same. They're the same being. Um, yeah. You can even just say Zeus. I feel like that's a good combination <laughs> of the two. Um, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, we're, like, basically out of time. We have to record another episode now, but... Um, this was a lot of fun. It was just like scraping the surface, like I said, but it was fun to compare and just see the craziness of both. Exactly. Yeah, it was really cool. Thank you for all the research and for educating me. Um, If you, you guys are interested in maybe a deeper dive into one of these comparisons and this is something that is intriguing, then we could probably do a follow-up episode because I find it fascinating. Oh, me too. I just think it's, and especially because with Scientology, they have these well-known actors and actresses who are the face of this religion, and it's just kind of... Don't even get me started on Tom Cruise. Right? I cannot. Oh, God. Uh (laughs) And then when you look at the list of, like, all the the famous people who are Scientologists, like, for example, uh, fuck, what's her name? I've already forgotten. She's in Handmaid's Tale, which I find so ironic that she's the lead character in Handmaid's Tale. Oh, yeah. And she's a Scientologist. God, I just, I can't. (laughs) Anyways, it was a fun guys. We should do another one. (laughs) Yes. Stay away from cults. Till next time. We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. (laughs)